Hello and welcome back to the podcast and thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on all of my social media accounts on Instagram at Bloodborne1, Facebook.com slash Bloodborne1, on Twitter at Bloodborne, YouTube.com slash Bloodborne, and most importantly on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash Bloodborne. everybody it's been many months since i have uploaded a podcast episode this is episode 19 of echoes in the dark um yeah there's a lot of stuff that has happened since may of 2019 when i last posted uh so we have been partnered on twitch uh after six years worth of broadcasting we finally did it uh and that is a big thank you to a lot of listeners of this podcast all the followers and subscribers on twitch people that subscribe and watch on youtube uh people that follow on twitter and uh, family friends there's so many people that have contributed to that over the years and so uh, there's nothing more that i can really say simply than just thank you uh and let's see where where the rest of this goes but, um, what else has been happening? There's been some updates to, uh, Lord of the Rings online. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And what else? What else? Uh, what else is new? Uh, the studio is finally, well, I say done. Uh, you can't see it, but there's gigantic air quotes right here that it's done. Um, I actually have a, a, a desk, you know, and, and everything is for the most part cable managed and, you know, the TV's hanging on the wall. We got the new green screen hanging from the ceiling. And um, so, so we're, we're pretty well set up now. But um, not a lot has changed on the streaming side of things. So we're still doing three days a week uh, for the most part. We're doing uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, roughly starting at 10 p.m. Um, I, I will say that is actually something that is it's very interesting with uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Twitch part first and then we'll, we'll get into the Lord of the Rings stuff in a little bit. Um, both with Lord of the Rings online and the Amazon stuff. So this might actually be a little bit longer of an episode. So first off, what's the, the Twitch side of things? Uh, like I said, it's, it's been six years, uh, of work, uh, getting to this point and it, it by no means stops here. You know, there's still... Uh, other goals that I have and things that I want to do with the channel and um, the, the focus will still primarily be Lord of the Rings online and, and Lord of the Rings. That's because honestly, that's my favorite type of content. Uh, it's what I probably know the most about when it comes to gaming, um, the MMO genre and 
and and that IP specifically. Um, but yeah, so we got the studio done. Uh, it's nice. I actually had uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Trainsworth, come down, and uh, he actually broadcast from the, from the studio down here as well, which was cool. Uh, actually, having somebody else use my setup and just launch and go, and it was kind of cool. Now, long term, the goal down here is to actually have two setups um, so that, you know, I can actually have a, a guest be down here and they can broadcast separately from me or we can do co-streams or whatever the case may be. That's that's the long term. Uh, that requires dollars, though, and uh, we're, we're a little tight on those right now. That's OK. Um, you've got the uh, the holidays right around the corner. So it's a uh, first week in December right now. So. You know, probably looking into the first part of the year, trying to get some of that work done. Um, but yeah, so six years, six years of broadcasting to get to uh, finally call ourselves partners on Twitch. And there there was some stuff that happened w in the last year that, that has, uh, it was kind of like a roller coaster, really, because there were all the changes from, from people going to Mixer and Facebook and YouTube and a lot of platform changing. And, uh, you know, people trying stuff out and actually coming back to Twitch as well. So it, it wasn't completely, you know, this mass exodus from Twitch. And, you know, there, there, there were people coming, there were stuff that was happening on YouTube that was not very favorable. So people were leaving that platform and, and coming to Twitch. And uh, people were finding out that, you know, maybe Mixer wasn't for them. It wasn't the, the best situation uh, for them. And so maybe they came back to Twitch. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that happened in the, in the last several months. And, you know, we went to uh, TwitchCon in San Diego, got to hang out with a couple good friends. Um, you know, and there, I don't want to call out a whole lot of names because I don't necessarily have permission to. So, but there are, there are people that are no longer streaming. Uh, that was kind of a, it was a tough pill to swallow because they were very influential people in, in my streaming career. And it was really tough to see them hang it up, but they had to. Um, and again, there are people that, that switched platforms and, you know, we talk about this a lot um, and people ask me what I'm going to do and where I'm going to go. And, you know, I, I have no reason to go anywhere. You know, I my goal was always to be a partner on Twitch. Um, I've never been mistreated or anything like that. And, you know, there's also not really has there doesn't have to be a sense of platform loyalty, I don't think. You know, you just got, and I'll, I'll tell you this part. This part comes from talking to uh, K Magic quite a bit, um, which he is now back on Twitch. And you, a lot of, I, I don't think a lot of people look at the business side of things. They look at what is trending, what is popular, and they think that is the business decision. Um, we talk a lot about platforms having or being a home for a particular uh, category or game or 
something like that. For myself, obviously my main content is Lord of the Rings Online. Now, if I were to take Lord of the Rings Online, if I, was, if I were to move to Mixer and I was broadcasting Lord of the Rings Online, I might as well quit broadcasting as far as I'm concerned. There's not a huge market. There's not a huge platform over there for MMOs, let alone 12-year-old ones that have a smaller player population to begin with. Um, speaking from a place where I largely was the first one, you know, there were people who might have broadcast the game once or twice or a handful of times, but I was the first broadcaster in Lord of the Rings Online on Twitch with any bit of consistency. And, you know, we had to scratch and claw and fight our way, that, that whole thing, you know. We, that's, that's where we started with that six years ago. And, you know, I see people struggle with the, you know, zero to five viewer mark and stuff like that. And that's all too familiar to me. I mean, I was broadcasting to myself, for myself for months and months and months and months. And, you know, everybody has their, their tactics of what's, what is going to be successful for you? What is going to get you to where you want to go? Uh, and one, there's, there's a really tough pill to swallow, and that is that broadcasting is not for everybody. Uh, for a long time, I didn't think it was for me. But then things kind of started to click and, you know, people asked me to do more. People wanted to see more. Uh, they wanted more content. And so that really kind of solidified it for me that maybe I'm not so bad at this thing, you know, and uh, it, it kept progressing, kept progressing and we do more and uh, it became more fun as well. But, you know, there's so many people that want to offer their advice. And, and I think it all comes from a good place. Um, but something that I did was I listened to all of it. I didn't act on all of it. That's, that's a different story altogether. So, you know, I would hear something and be like, okay, cool, thank you. And then I would digest it. Say so like... That's not going to work for me. That, that really, that doesn't fit what I'm doing here. And so what worked for me, and, and got to remember again, 12-year-old game, at the time, six-year-old game. That, God, that sounds weird because it sounds so young at that point. Like, oh, it was six years old. It's, uh, it's not that old, but now it's 12. So, um. Yeah, so half of the time that Lord of the Rings Online has been online, I have been streaming it. Think about that for a minute. So what worked for me was actually getting involved with the, the games community itself on my server, uh, in Discord groups, in Facebook, in the, their forums. And, you know, un understanding that there are people out there that aren't going to like what you're doing. You just have to accept that. You do. There are people that are not going to like your opinion, that don't know how to have a dialogue with a, another human being, and that are just going to be shitty towards you. I'm all right with it. Because I'm all right with what I do. So, 
if somebody has a, a valid, you know, critically thought out opinion, all about listening to it and hearing what they have to say, uh, even if it's very critical of me, hey, perfectly fine. I might be able to learn something from that. Um, but I really dug into the community, you know, talking to the community managers for the game, uh, saying, hey, what can we do? I'd like to do this. Do you guys have any thoughts about this? Um, I'm going to be streaming the game more. Is there, and we started the, the stream team over there. So you, there's all the Lotro streamers that were, we're doing stuff over there and, you know, we could give away codes and stuff like that. It was, it was a very, um, very primitive, uh, partnership or not really sponsorship, but, uh, partnership was probably the better, better way because each, each group was getting something out of the deal there. So like we would get, uh, Lotro point codes to use for ourselves, uh, to, to give out to people. We could broadcast on the main channel, things like that. Uh, and that really helped with the exposure side. There was a point in time where that kind of, it kind of felt like it capped out really. Um, because the same people when I would broadcast on Lord of the Rings main Twitch channel and when I would broadcast on my channel, it was the same people that were watching both. So I had a moment where I said, you know what? This is not helping me anymore. I mean, it's not hurting me, but it, what it's doing is I'm, I'm taking another day out of my week and, and put it, putting that time and energy into a product that's not mine. And, and you know, who's, who's receiving the benefit of that? Yeah, maybe me microscopically at that point, but you know, the, the other channel wasn't really gaining anything from it. So I, you know, I said, Hey, uh, I still want to be involved with all of this, but I don't want to necessarily broadcast on this channel because I want to focus on my growth and development on the platform. A lot of people thought that was absolutely crazy. Why would you do that? You're on an official game channel. You're there's the exposure. And I'm like, I looked at the numbers. I looked at the people, the data and said, this is not, I, I'm giving up time for no gain at that point. And, and that's what I was talking about. You got to look at things from, you know, a business decision and, and what is the best business decision for you? Um, so th that one really wasn't working at that point. Uh, and then there were a lot of people in the channel, because uh, I had talked about it for quite a while. I was like, my, my goal is uh, I do want to be a partner on Twitch. That was the goal. Uh, not the end goal, but it was a goal along the way. And there's a lot of people that believed in that. They believed in me as a broadcaster and they felt strongly about it. So they were asking how they could help and what they could do. And as I was like, look, I mean, really it's the social media engagement is just not there. And we need to, I need to extend that reach quite a bit to be discoverable on these other platforms to bring it in and, and funnel it all into the main hub of Bloodborne, which is Twitch. And that's where it is. Um, so we finally did all that. We did a lot of work and, um, you know, Yiki, Bell, Lala, Brant, uh, 
elevated, which is Rob, you know, uh, and other broadcasters I've talked to, like, you know, the, the list just goes on and on with that. Um, you know, I could spend 20 minutes here just listing off names and there's some people that were just hugely influential that were behind the scenes, um, that I owe a lot of this to, um, but there's, there's a few of them <laughs> and I, I won't say names on this one, but a few of them were saying like, Hey, it's like, we help bring them in, but you keep them here. And, uh, I've been, the one criticism I, I constantly get is that I don't, uh, advertise myself enough and I don't really push myself out there. Um, where I'll say the credit is due to other people, not myself. And at some point with this type of setup, well, you know, with their broadcasting and creating content on these different platforms, it is you, <laughs> it is you, the broadcaster that's doing the work. You have help from other people, but ultimately if, if this piece of the puzzle, you are not in there, well, it, it doesn't work then. So uh, to, again, to all the people that have been out there, uh, and that continue to support the channels, uh, the podcast, the YouTube, the everything. Thank you. Um, we have played some other games, uh, on Twitch. Uh, that was uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is it's very interesting with the analytics side of of twitch specifically because there's such a numbers game to get you to your verified status to get partnered and things like that and it's really weird and this is going to sound really bad but it's kind of funny that after you're verified the numbers don't matter you're like whoa 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 yes they still matter but playing the game, playing the numbers game doesn't matter as much. It's weird that if you're trying to go down that road, you don't have as much freedom. Once you've gone down that road and opened the door, well, then you have all the freedom in the world as long as you don't break TOS and do something stupid. Um, and you, and it, it really is determined by what you want to do. I was a little bit more restricted. So back to kind of what I was talking about with what worked for me, because everybody's got their story of, well, this worked for me, so you should do this. And I'm not saying you should do this. I'm just saying this is what worked for me. This is what I ended up doing. Um, I don't have the name in front of me, but there was a tweet that I saw many months. This was last year. This was 2018 at the point. And it was talking about the current meta on Twitch. I'm like, the hell are you talking about? The current meta? And it was actually talking about hours distribution. Uh, and basically it was saying at the time, if, if you're not in the, you know, the top grossing streamers of Twitch, you're streaming too much. And that was against all logic. It doesn't make sense. Why would you, on a platform that is about being visible, you're going to be less visible. How is that going to be more successful? Well, the point was, especially if you're not full-time, and this 
directly applied to me because I have a regular full-time job and I do this, you know, at night and all that good stuff. What was interesting about it is it was three days a week. And for three to four hours, maybe at a fourth day in. You know what's crazy about that? Is that is actually what, aside from the concurrent viewership, that those are the requirements to be looked at for Twitch partner. You know, you have your, uh, what is it? Uh, 25 hours, 12 unique days, and then your 75 concurrent. Um, little pro tip. If you can get it to a hundred, I know I was, I was like, come on, dude, it's hard enough to get to 75, but get, get it to a hundred. It's almost surefire. Um, cause I, I had that where it was four months in a row at 75 and it was every month was a decline. Still the, the month that we had a hundred concurrent and it was like, it was a done deal. Um, but that was, that was what was so crazy is just the, the freedom that I felt once that, that mark got hit. You know, so it, it's just kind of crazy because uh, if you decide that you want to go down the road and you want to be a partner, you almost want to be a little bit more uh, curated and more specific and restrictive on what you're putting out there. So uh, the whole idea was that you're creating scarcity in your product. And that's a good thing because you're, you're kind of funneling your audience that may be spread out across multiple days you're actually funneling them into these very specific days. Um, you know, like think about when a new episode of a show comes out. Um, you know, there's people that are going to watch it later and stuff like that, but how many people watch it right then? Because that's the time that it airs and you want to see it live. You want to, okay. So you're, you're forcing that viewer base into these pockets of time versus, well, you know what? I missed him. I'll just catch him tomorrow. Well, I, next time I'm going to see him, it was going to be Saturday, and, you know, like that's, that's several days away. So, um, the whole idea, the whole concept was that you're streaming too much, stream less, be more specific about it, stick to a very specific schedule, um, you know, and, and have it planned and all that good stuff. Um, and I took that to heart. I, I looked at it objectively and said, I want to do these things. So January 1st hit, I flipped the switch on that, went to a full-blown schedule that was three days a week, 10 p.m. start time every day that I streamed. Uh, and it was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, every week. And you could see the, the consistency building and building and building. And, and it worked. You know, um, it was helpful. It wasn't the only factor, but it was a contributing factor. Um, so that was helpful. Not to mention all the people that jumped on board that wanted to help and that did help. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the side that was interesting about, about all the Twitch stuff that's happened since the last time that we, um, that we uploaded a episode of the show.
And, you know, I've been able to throw some other uh, games on there too, just randomly, because it's not as big of a deal if I don't hit a, a certain metric for something. You know, we can try stuff with a little bit more freedom. And so we, we've streamed Destiny 2, Realm Royale, World of Warcraft, uh, Apex, Call of Duty. You know, I haven't done like whole weeks of it, uh, but we've added those in kind of just sprinkling them in a little bit. So that's been cool. Uh, so kind of switching gears a little bit, a uh, pretty massive update to Lord of the Rings Online. Yeah. So we got a new expansion uh, with Minas Morgul. And actually, one of the things that we talked about in the last episode of the podcast was uh, we, were, we were working through the beta of the Vales of Anduin, and we were talking about the things that were, were coming with Minas Morgul. They were starting to give us those little nuggets of information. Well, Minas Morgul came out, and in my opinion, everything is great with it except for one thing. Lag. Oh my God. The, uh, the new areas have so much lag in it. So many dynamic layers because it, it, it is a smaller landmass than we are accustomed to. And some like Mordor was huge. You know, Moria was huge. Uh, so Minas Morgul is, it's the Morgul Vale plus Mordor Besiege. It's a, it's a tighter region. So there's going to be a lot more players in a tightly packed area. And, uh, during those first two weeks of that expansion, oh man, it was rough. It was real rough. And the thing is, that was the only thing that detracted from the experience for me was the lag. The storytelling was brilliant. There's some stuff in there that if you haven't played through yet, man, hop in there, give it a go. Cause it's, it's worth dealing with some of the crap like lag to experience it. Cause it was just really cool. Um, on the other side of it too, like the landscape is beautiful. Um, and we got, we got four dungeons at launch. Now there were three mans. But we got four dungeons. Two of them are longer. Two of them are shorter. Uh, they all go to tier three currently. And they're kind of fun. I mean, so, uh, a couple of them are a little bit harder. And then a couple of them are a little bit more just like, you know, hack and slash your way through and you're good. Uh, which is good. That's, that's really good. Because that gives people who may not be as skilled an opportunity to still go in and do dungeons that... I don't say they're like school and library easy, but they're definitely easier, even on the harder tiers. But we have three six mans still to come out, and we still have the raid to come out. So that's huge. It's a lot of content. And if I have to have a smaller landmass, which I mean, it was still big enough. I mean, it's not massive, but it was big enough. But if I have to sacrifice landmass to get group-based content, 100%. I'll do it every time. 100%. Uh, dungeons in a game like, well, in, in any MMO, and again, hey, this is my opinion. 
hey, you can't see me waving my, my arms right now, but this is my opinion. I think a healthy MMO needs to have a good player-based economy, good group-based end-game content, healthy PvP, and I know there is a collective eye roll right there because, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, just everybody I talk to just seems to hate PvP, but whatever, to each their own. Uh, beautiful landscapes and a constant driving story. Those five things make one hell of a good game. And Lotro has a few of those. And that's why I think I play it so much. Uh, and I think that's why this expansion was so good is because, and I've did, you know, every zone completed quest deeds and then moved on. And I haven't done that in years. I have not played an expansion like that in any game in years, but I wanted to do that in here because I wanted to focus on my champion, my main, I want to get all the stuff done. Boom. There's a couple dungeon deeds I need to do because if you do the higher tier dungeons, it doesn't auto complete the lower tier deeds. That's a story for a different time. But um, overall, I think it's a really good expansion. It's, uh, I think, kind of at, at the very least, I would say it's on par. Uh, I think it's a little bit better than average, mainly because there's, there's stuff to do. Um, the, if you buy one of the higher expansions, like the collectors or the ultimate fan bundle, and you get one of those level 120 Aria the Valors or the 120 Valor package, I don't know what the actual thing is called. Uh, that Valor package is substantially better than the Valor packages prior. You get first ages that are pre-imbued uh, that I believe the tier on them was already like 54 or something like that on all the legacies. So uh, normally a default one, I think comes out of the gate. Like if you had it pre-maxed and everything comes out at like 32, 33, something like that. So they, they give you a lot with those. They give it to you pre-imbued for your spec. You might have, and they give you uh, imbued legacy replacement scrolls. So if there's a couple things you don't like, out of the gate, you can change those. They give you uh, enough virtue XP to get you up into the, uh, I think, capped on your five. Um, so they, they get you to 60, I think, on those. And they give you, uh, I think they gave you like 90-something trait points. Like, So, I mean, they put you in a pretty good spot with that Valor package. So it's pretty cool to see that. Um, the, and the only thing that still, after years and years and years and years, that has not been touched in that game is PvP. And I really want PvP to get better in that game. And I just, I'm convinced there's one person over in that studio that just, there's actually probably one person that actually likes it and everybody else wants nothing to do with it. Uh, which is sad because it, it was such a great experience early on in the game. And then again, in like Rohan 
and then it just there's too many factors in it there's too many pieces of the puzzle that when they update the game it just throws these huge variables into pvp and i really just wish we could have a simplified pvp experience for the game just where people could go fight i don't need legendaries i don't need essences i don't need all the pve stuff just give me you know like five pvp traits that i can work with um maybe you just i don't know it needs to be simplified that way they can actually utilize it and play it and work with it and all that good stuff and but i, I just don't think it's it's going to happen they keep talking about that they're not going to do anything pvp related until you know all the class passes and all the class work is done but then you'll turn around and, and they'll say like, you know, um, well, classwork is an ongoing thing. So it's like, well, you've effectively said you're just never going to work on PvP again, which so be it. Um, but all the PvE side of things I think are great. I'm looking forward to the six man dungeons and the raid and all that good stuff. We've really kind of worked out some uh, good stuff happening with Raiders Beneath the Shadow and Misadventurers. Um, that we, we have people on and playing and, and playing at a high level again, which is great. So it makes it fun. That's the stuff that makes it fun for me. And, you know, when, when you're having fun and you look forward to logging in and playing, that is a success. Which that brings me on to kind of the, one of the last things I want to really talk about here is, uh, the the amazon stuff and why i'm excited about it so i'm thinking kind of big picture here very big picture i can't see my again you can't see what i'm doing here but my arms are making this big huge air bubble like huge so think about this for uh well i obviously have the amazon lord of the rings show coming out sometime and then uh, in between the last episode of the podcast and this one, it was announced that Amazon is going to be the other developer with Athlon Games working on the Lord of the Rings MMO. So there's some really good stuff with that. Uh, some of this is um, speculation. Some of it is stuff that's been said. I'll try to do my best to tell you things that are factual versus an opinion. Uh, so we do know it's going to be Athlon Games and Amazon. It is going to be a AAA title. So what that really means is there's going to be a lot of funding behind it, which is great. You think of your big titles like your, you know, your Call of Duties and uh, 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 like World of Warcraft is a AAA title. Just, just think bigger title games that have large budgets like that okay um so since it's amazon i don't i don't think this one is confirmed but it would just make sense i feel like i saw this because all the amazon job postings for the game um i feel like the game is going to be made on amazon lumberyard which is the same engine that star citizen is running on 
Uh, I've watched a couple demos on the engine performance, and it it looks good. Um, I don't I don't I haven't seen enough of it to know like is this just an art style they're running with, or is this the engine limitations or whatnot? But you know, we'll we'll see more of that later. Um, there was something, and I, I want to bring this up. Um, let me pull this up real quick because one of the big concerns I know a lot of people had about the, the game was the narrative part of it because Lord of the Rings online did such a good job with, um, the storytelling that is probably Lord of the Rings online's strongest piece is the storytelling. And so a lot of people are concerned about it. Like, how do you, how do you do that part right? And there is a job listing on amazon.jobs for narrative designer for Lord of the Rings. And I'm going to kind of briefly read through this and I'll tell you why I'm excited about this. So, uh, Amazon Game Studios is seeking a narrative designer to join our team in sunny Irvine, California. Designer will work with our design director to tell gripping tales of Middle Earth, its history, and its peoples, building world settings, lore, in-game stories, and cinematics for Amazon's upcoming massively multiplayer, The Lord of the Rings game. We aspire to tell all new stories inside a beloved, highly detailed IP. A successful candidate will have a deep familiarity with the works of J.R.R. Tolkien, as well as career history of creating memorable characters and story arcs in video games. Now, this is the part I'm excited about. The what you'll do portion of this. Write backstory documents describing the world's places and inhabitants, both old and new, all consistent with Tolkien's work. Write compelling character biographies, story arcs, and dialogue. Write location, character, and item descriptions that add texture and depth to the world. Write uh, voiceover scripts, catchphrases, and capture the essence of characters and hold up to repetition. Collaborate with designers and artists to build locations, cutscenes, quests, in-game dialogue, uh, that tell coherent, emotionally powerful stories. So there's a couple things in there that are really important to me. One is that they, it, it sounds like the story portion of this, they want to be big, uh, which is important with this IP. And I think the stuff that they're doing with the TV show and the way they've got their rights set up and the way they're working with the publishers and the way they're working with you know, Harper Collins and uh, they're working with the estate on one thing. And then they're working with middle earth enterprises on the other thing. They, okay. Amazon has Lord of the Rings, you know, like that's, that's their jam right now. Um, the fact that they're going to be probably going on at the same time is going to be great too. You know, season one's going to be 20 episodes. Uh, they're going five seasons. If it's five seasons, likely five years. So, they're likely going to be going on at the same time. Obviously that's speculation, but it's at least a probably. Uh, but yeah, so there's a couple things, voiceover scripts, catchphrases, uh, things like you would expect when you talk to an NPC or something like that. Uh, cut scenes, 
Yes. 100%. Love that. Um, but also the one writing location, character, and item descriptions that add texture and depth to the world. Uh, item descriptions? Love that as well. I love that about Lord of the Rings early days uh, of picking up a weapon and it had the flavor text in the tooltip. That was something that was very nice because you knew why this weapon is so badass. It looks cool. It's got a cool name. I don't know shit about it though. But now I know this cool backstory. And yeah, that's pretty cool. Um so those are the and telling the coherent, emotionally powerful stories. Those things are are awesome to hear. Now there's a lot of jobs that are that are up on the Amazon site. I don't know if they've been filled or anything like that. So we'll have, we'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, but yeah, just I I think me being a Lord of the Rings online broadcaster, being a Twitch partner, so obviously a Twitch owned by Amazon. Amazon doing Lord of the Rings show, Amazon games doing Lord of the Rings game, me, Lord of the Rings online MMO broadcaster. It's like this perfect storm that's brewing and I'm just, I'm so excited for all of it. And it's, it's still several years out, but it's just one of those things right now, kind of laying the groundwork. And I, I feel like, if I, if I play the cards right and I do things right, it's just going to be very exciting to see what happens down the line. So, yeah. Um, ah, this ended up being a lot longer than I thought it was going to be today. But you know what? I was just kind of looking at my computer and I, I, I pulled up iTunes and it was actually on the podcast section. And I was like, you know what? I've got some stuff to talk about. So let's talk about it. But if you guys are, uh, the, the, the biggest things that you guys can do, a lot of people ask like, well, how can I help? Biggest things with the streams, the podcast, any of, any of the content that we have is word of mouth, sharing it through social media. So if you enjoy the content, share it out on, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Reddit, Discord, all those things, share that content out because if you enjoy it in your circle of friends, you've got people that, you know, play MMOs or like Lord of the Rings, you know, bring them on over. Love to talk to them. And I love meeting new people, especially when we, we have things in common, like uh, a game type or an IP or something like that. But, you know, make sure you're checking out the streams. Uh, the schedule has not changed. It's Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, hopefully, since I'm actually we have an expansion out and the champions in a good spot, maybe we'll start seeing some of those uh, YouTube videos that people have been wanting so desperately for <laughs> years now. Again, um, but yeah, make sure you're hitting up all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, join the Discord, get in there, chat it up. And then uh, the one thing I will leave you with is uh, we are currently beta testing uh, Twitch watch parties as well. Uh, so this only applies currently to people that live in the United States 
that are Amazon Prime members. We have the ability to do what is called a watch party. Uh, the first one, I think what we're going to do, well, we've done a couple, but the first one that I'm actually going to push out information on, uh, the grand tour is bringing out a new special, uh, next Friday, which is the 13th, uh, which is called the grand tour presents semen and get your minds out of the gutter. Cause it's boat stuff. Uh, it looks hilarious if you've not seen the trailer for it. But we'll probably be putting some stuff out on uh, in Discord and on Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, how to join up with us and, and watch it and all that good stuff. But that'll be at some point next Friday. It's when that airs. Uh, so again, December 13th. So uh, that's what I'm going to leave you with, guys. Uh, again, I apologize. It's been so long that we've been between episodes. Uh, there was just a lot of stuff going on in life. And I had to trim a few things out briefly to handle that. But we're back. Uh, this may not be weekly, but it will be more frequent. So again, thank you guys all for listening. I appreciate having you guys listening uh, and being a part of all the content that we have here related to me and the game. All right. Until next time, take care.